Welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by a great guest, Mr. Ryan Job. Ryan gave me a great conversation, not to mention he is the owner of Laurel Mountain Outfitters. This is not too far from me and I uh, had to reach out to him and get him on here. I love the small business as being an entrepreneur myself. I can't think of anything better to support. Ryan's got lots of stuff, anything from trad archery down to flies. Man, check out his page over on Instagram, Facebook. Get a hold of him. Check out his store, Laurel Mountain Outfitters. You won't be disappointed. This week's conversation was really good, man. Uh, Ryan is a trad guy for the most part. He uh, loves to fly fish and just raise the boys out in the outdoor. Father of three. And just just a really good dude. I think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation that goes on here. We range on everything from hunting whitetails to fishing to the state of Pennsylvania as a whole. It's a really, really collected conversation. And uh, going into it, we actually had a lot of technical difficulties, which we finally got figured out and solved. But it was, it was really good. I was really glad he was patient with me. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. So like I said, I would really, really... Highly recommend you guys going over there and supporting his small business. And also, I really hope you guys have been enjoying the show as much as I have. I appreciate all the love and support. Thank you for subscribing, commenting, rating, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Wanted to add that if you guys are into the video cast, this episode is available on YouTube. So head over to the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe, show us some love. The Keystone Chronicles, a couple different video casts on there. Thank you guys, I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, we are joined by Ryan Job of Laurel Mountain Outfitters. And uh, me and Ryan have had a lot of technical difficulties uh, trying to get this episode in for whatever reason or another. But we're here. We're ready. And uh, I'm super excited about the conversation. Ryan, how are you, brother? Good. Doing well. Well, uh... Hopefully this takes off. We're about an hour and a half into getting, getting this going. But yeah, thanks for having yeah, me yeah. on again. For sure, brother. For sure. <laughs> yeah. We lost for what a half hour. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. Night. Yeah. It's yeah. out it's out in the yeah. internet dust world. Um uh, it's out with the Tron, if you will, somewhere out there. So um Ryan, I, I want you to do an introduction, brother. Uh who who are you, man? where are you from? And then uh, after you're done introducing yourself how you got started in the outdoors and if uh, anybody was part of that. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, Ryan Job, I am from southwestern Pennsylvania. I was born and raised in Westmoreland County. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, I started hunting when I was 12, fishing younger than that. Um, so, uh, yeah, my, my father really uh, helped me get involved in the outdoors. Uh, he made sure I had the opportunity to all the time I could, uh, I needed to get outside. He, he saw great value in, in me spending time outdoors and, and, uh, facilitated yeah. that. So. Yeah, for sure, man. He, he left yeah. you with one of the greatest gifts. If you ask me that someone could ever leave you with, because, you know, now not only are you yep. a hunter, a fisherman, a provider, if you will, but now you you know, the, the grasshopper has become the teacher, right? 
Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so I have my three boys, um, you know, Jack, Wyatt, and Waylon. So I, you know, I try to off, offer as many opportunities to them as, as well as to get outside, you know, fishing, hunting. Uh, it's a slow process. It's a learning process. You know, it's give and take. Um, we got to divide our time between sports and school and, and hunting and fishing. But, um, you know, it's, it's important for me. It's important for our family. My kids are, you know, seeing the value in it as well. So we can uh, make sure we spend the time doing yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think that there's anything that can bring you together quite like the outdoors does. I have done a lot of different things with my family. And sure, you know, the family vacation trips and all that kind of stuff. It, it's great. But when you go out and kill a deer as a family, like, you know, my dad and my brother have in the past, it's I, I don't know how to explain that. Or, you know, fishing camp was always a wonderful, oh. wonderful time of the year. And it, it still is. It still is. And, uh, I, you know, my dad and I are gearing up yeah. to be going out and taking um, my daughter fishing here for the opening day. And hopefully the weather's cooperating and all that stuff. But, you know, that's that's it, man. That's the heritage. Welcome to Pennsylvania. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, like I said, my, my dad's the one that really exposed me to it, but he wasn't a big, huge hunter or angler. Um, but he did see the, the benefit and keep me you know involved in that that mm -hmm. kind of thing and um you know as time went on he got more involved with it as well but you know, like it's um uh, like you said it's it's just a great great opportunity and um boy it's uh well, <laughs> <laughs> but i just you know it's it's um you know like it's he he evolved with it as with me as well. And like, that's where a lot of our great memories were, were formed. Like it's, he was learning at the same time I was learning. And now I get to do that with my boys as well. Like, you know, I'm, I'm learning new things daily as I'm taking them out as well. And it's just, it's great to watch it happen. It's great to be part of it. And it's great to be able to help pass that along as well. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I was raised with that opportunity. And I'm thankful that I can, have my boys raise that yeah, opportunity. It's great, well. man. It's a really great life. Yeah, and great. um I'm I'm really glad that you're able to do that and, and bring the second generation I don't say the second generation, but your your next generation into the outdoorsman aspect of everything because you know it's right now we're it's a it's an uphill battle for all the outdoorsmen, whether it be fishermen, mountain bikers, kayakers, hunters, it doesn't matter. You know, we all gotta stick together and and use these lands that we have and, and I'll tell you what, we need to keep the damn politics out of it. That's number one thing, you know, but. Um, yeah, it's all the infighting. It's not helpful in yeah. any way whatsoever. You know, it's when when we start giving the ideas or, or the regulations away from, you know, this, the fishing game, the, the biologists, and you start putting politicians in charge of it. That's not going to end yeah, well for, for sure, anybody. Man. You know, it might be a short term win for. Whatever politicians think they have a great idea, but in the long run for the state, the fish, and the wildlife, it's it's not a good. It's not no, a good I I agree a hundred percent, and uh, like I said, I, I really pray that we're able to keep people's agenda out of everything because that that doesn't end well. You know, you you look at all the other stuff going on, and I just want to give an example real quick. You know, hey, my my kid on the baseball team, basketball team, we raise more money than anybody else. Why is my kid sitting the bench? Well, you know. Johnny, Timmy, and Joey, they're a lot better than your kid. And if he practice and, you know, he's going to get his time and all that stuff. But, 
you know, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, I'm more powerful or I'm more money or whatever, and I'm going to make this happen because that's not good for anybody. But um, yep. back back to the subject, brother. Um, I want to get right into some whitetail hunting immediately. And I know that you're a big traditional guy, so I want you to touch base on how how's that going? How how in the hell did you get started in traditional archery? And uh, let's talk about some of the equipment you have too. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Um, we'll take it back. I mean, I started bow hunting when I was 13, so I I, mean, I was 12 when I first started hunting. That's as soon as we were able to do it. There's no youth seasons back back yeah. when I started. So, hunting my first year rifles good enough to, i was thankful i shot a uh, little free point that year and i was like and i was fully hooked and invested like okay how can i spend more time in the woods and uh, my dad went out and bought me a bow you know it's a compound i think it was an old darton um compound <clears throat> but i've been so i've been bow hunting through almost my entire hunting career as well except for that first year um and that's really my passion is, for hunting whitetails is archery season because it's it's a completely different hunt yeah, than for archery sure. season it's calmer you get to see more interactions you get to see more wild stuff in the woods you just it's just more personal in my opinion you know it's um there's no much pressure such a rush uh as far as you know you're flying by because of drive or whatever but um i started picking up the traditional bow maybe around 10 mm -hmm. years ago um so like i said last night uh that's not long in the, in the world of traditional True. archery, but um, long enough where I, I'm really comfortable with a, a trad, mount, trad bow now. Uh, the last five deer I've killed with a bow have been with uh, with my recurves. Um, yeah, I, haven't, uh, I do take a compound out west when I go out hunting because I'm cheap and that's right. a $1,000 tag. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, just the opportunity. So, like, back home we're hunting whitetails here i have more opportunity i can hit the stand you know many days throughout the season um some more comfortable letting things walk and you know i've shot plenty of deer so you know if if, if the shot angle isn't right or if it's too far I, i'm not losing sleep about letting one walk um and that is a big component of traditional archery is you you have to be comfortable yeah letting things walk because it's not quite in your wheelhouse like you know like i like a nice close shot you know eight yards or so is, mm -hmm. is my wheelhouse you want to reach out and um, touch them but getting in the traditional i just <laughs> you want to pet them while <laughs> yeah, you're at it <laughs> exactly uh, the, the buck i shot this year was uh the buck i shot this year i, I called him in and he was at four yards and um that's a little too close he was uh four yards i was in the, the ladder stand he was like right at my feet um yeah, I like them just a little bit further. Uh, but getting back how I got involved, I just, um, I was getting bored with the compound. It wasn't fun anymore. You know, shooting, you know, I'm not like an expert shot or an excellent shot, but like I could keep uh, a very respectable group out to like 50 yards. And it just wasn't a challenge to be shoot well enough in a hunting condition anymore, um, hunting situation anymore. So, I did um, all the wrong things when it started going <laughs> into traditional archery. I didn't seek out any kind of mentor or help, whatever. I just went on eBay, bought a bear grizzly at 45 pounds, you know, overbowed mm -hmm. for your first bow. Um, you know, made up some, some aluminum arrows and, and just started flinging, 
flinging arrows and I learned a lot of bad habits and um, it's taken quite a few years to flush those out. But that's the great thing about traditional archery. You, you can find the help that you want, uh, that you need. Um, there's not a whole lot of like shame, <laughs> you know, so many people are willing to, to help give you pointers and, and not be, you know, not be derogatory about it. It's, it's, Hey, uh, I see you're doing this this way. How about maybe trying this or, you know, why are you doing that? Um, you might feel more comfortable with this or getting this alignment or, or, or whatever. It's, um, it's a lot more positive reinforcement. Yeah. I, I agree with you totally. It's just a great, it's the, a great the trout crowd for whatever reason, like there are a lot of the guys that I talk to and seek out some advice and stuff. Um, when I'm, you know, searching for a certain deer or something like that, or I'm in a certain part of uh, a terrain, just kind of looking for some opinions or maybe somebody sees something that I don't. And uh, they're the best guys, man. Number one, the woodsmanship that comes with it. And that's, that's something we'll touch on later. Um, the woodsmanship that, that they seem to have. And I, I understand where that comes from. It's, it's really respectable. And I, I don't think that, you can do better than that. You know, in the modern day of deer hunting, I, I don't like the whole like lick it and stick it, how to deer hunt. First thing you do is go buy a trail camera, set it up. And you know, that's, this is how you do things because you know, I, I grew up without yeah. that stuff. And then I remember my dad getting the camera and stuff and that was cool. But like, we, we didn't, you know, that wasn't like, Oh, you know, the, the camera's there. That's where we're getting pictures of deer. Like that's where we need to go hunt. And that served me well for a long time and i i have even been victim or fell to the person that has you know had the cameras out and i got the pictures of the deer and i'm like oh you know i I want to be in that area because i'm i did put my camera in a good spot or whatever and realistically i should have just went with my gut and went to the other spot where i was like oh i i feel like these deer are moving that way so um the trad guys yeah yeah and, yeah, when when we're back, and and what I was saying to you was, um, you know, with the with the trad archery guys, um, I don't really like how the like the new age of the lick it and stick it deer hunter is like, go and buy a trail camera, put it out, and like, okay, this is how you start deer hunting, especially archery hunting. You know, I, 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 you need the woodsmanship, and a lot of the traditional guys are guys that usually have come from the spectrum of, they were compound hunters for a long time or whatnot and they wanted that extra challenge like you're talking about and they went to uh being trad guys so they're like the best crowd to reach out to i'll just tell everybody that right now i reach out to trad guys all the time when i have questions or i'm looking for for uh advice on something and it's like a it's like a big hug every time every time i talk to one of them so yeah I, I fully understand the trad crowd is great man they they want more people to be into it and i understand why you know they're they're pushing for it they they want more people to experience all the fun that they're having and like you said the hardest thing about traditional bow hunting you know is not so much like learning how to shoot the bow and becoming comfortable and you know getting better doing it it's hey that deer is 15 yards from me but this is just not a good shot to take so you you must be ethical when you're when you're out there with that bow and i mean that's any any archery equipment you you need to be ethical and i i know there's guys out there that are not very ethical and to mm-hmm. each is their own but like 
I, you know, I couldn't sleep at night because I've hit deer and like, I'm still haunted by nightmares. My wife laughs. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, like nah, yeah. the 12 point, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. I mean, I've been bow hunting for what, 38. So uh, pushing 20 something, 25 years now. Um, I have not wounded a deer with, with the traditional archery, with my recurves. You know, yeah, bang on that. Uh, I ha I can't say that with my compounds. It's but it's a, it's a different mentality. I you know it's I think it's a little bit of maturity sitting in the tree stand. Okay, I've been through that. I don't want to do that again. I don't want that experience with this with this bow. So I'm going to sit and either let this thing walk or wait for the perfect shot. Um, yeah, that, that's. And then what you're saying about the, the having that, you know, letting things walk. I mean, being knowing your your skills and your capability is a, is a huge part of it as well. Like having your shot process down before you need to have that down, be comfortable with shooting at a, you know, a deer at a certain distance before you even think about going to the woods with it. I mean, it's you have to. Okay, I'm I'm not good at twenty. Like if my group is too large at twenty, maybe I, maybe twelve yards is my my max effective range, you know, that's, and you just have to know that you have to put those limits on yourself and you have to stick to it. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, I had full intention of taking my recurve out to Idaho last year. Um, but I came unglued <laughs> during the summer. I came unglued. I think it was just the stress of the, uh, I was taking college classes at the time. My, you know, my boys are all in baseball. My wife is working, I'm working. And like I, I lost my shot process, and I was not comfortable. I wanted to shoot. I want to be able to shoot thirty yards comfortably, to take that bow out elk hunting, and uh, I wasn't comfortable, so it stayed home. I took my compound, and that's that's the maturity of it as well. Like, you know, I don't I don't want to drive all the way out west and, and end up wounding an elk, um, you know, or whatever game you're hunting. Um, just because I'm going to be bullheaded and, and use my trad bow. Um, now I, I, I wish, you know, I, I wish I was more comfortable with my skill um, last summer. I, I feel way more comfortable now because I put that extra time in between that summer and now and, and getting my release more consistent and finding my anchor point and my draw. Like, you know, I've been putting the work in to, to figure all that out, you know, 10 years later. Like, like I said, I picked my first trad bow. Well, maybe nine years ago, somewhere around there. Um, but still constantly learning, constantly improving. And that's that's part of the fun in the traditional archery, for me at least, is um, constantly tweaking, you know, uh, your sequence, you know, how you aim. And then uh, for my compound, it was always just pull, you know, hit your, hit your, your, your anchor, settle, you know, sell your float. Squeeze, and then you're shooting a your special group at 50 yards, and that that wasn't right fun anymore because there was not. It's always challenging. It, there is a challenge to archery. That's, um, but I couldn't just take a softball through the yard and fling my compound <laughs> at it where I can with the with my drago. I can put some blunt tips on it, take a softball, and just wherever the ball lands, I start flinging arrows at it, and and um, you know working on on unknown yardages that's a fun way to, to progress your your skills uh, that's like that that aspect of it came back that aspect of archery came back when i picked up my my trad bill and that's why 
I just fell in love with it and uh, fell deep into that rabbit hole. So. Yeah, I, I, I see how that too, happened, so. you know. <laughs> you got you got them all on the train, man, and that that's great. You know, that yeah. that's one thing. I, I wish that uh, – I, I was approached by some people when I was growing up, and I was shooting all the time in, like, leagues and stuff like that. And um, there was there was an older group of guys who shot trad, and they're like, hey, you know, you should you should pick it up. You should try it. And, like, I was young, and the compound was cool, and I'm like, I don't know, why would I want to do that, you know? And as I started to age, like you said, like, and it was a maturing aspect. I was like, hey, I, I kind of want to get into this, and I want to do that. So um, I have my iron in a lot of fires and right now, and yeah. and uh, it's coming. It's coming. It yeah. is. But Well, it's um, not for, for, for everybody, and, and that's okay. That's, like, that is – that. Let's get the, get the whole infighting we mentioned earlier with between the, the groups and the, and the hunting organization. It's okay to not be interested in something uh, or mm -hmm. not be good at it or whatever. And it's, if the trad bow is not for you, it's, that's fine. Like that's, that's perfectly okay. Right. You know, like I don't have a, a thing against, you know, compound hunters or, or whatever, because I still am one, you know, I mean, I, when I think of, how I want to bow hunt it's the traditional archery comes to mind first but you know I am a hunter first then a traditional hunter and then a you know compound and then a rifle hunter I try to do all the seasons I try to do all the things that can get me into the woods um you know and then and that's just we just have to have that mindset like you know it, it, you know if there's a there's maybe a progression uh or there's a influence that you might need to get you from one uh one discipline to the other and and if you don't like it you don't like it you know that, that's okay yeah it is it's okay you can like what you like you can hate what you hate but at the at the end of the day like we were saying the traditional archery guys have their arms open and if you need help yeah you know reach out and you know ryan you're you're one of the guys that i would tell some people hey reach out to him you know he's an mm -hmm. outfitter he's got he's got some stuff down there that can get you started and um you know yeah, call him I'll, see what he's got I'll to say or you know shoot shoot him a message i'm definitely not going to claim to be an expert by by any shape or means but i'll most likely um most likely or you know help you out any way shape or form that i can mainly by teaching you all the things that i did wrong and tell you not how, <laughs> how to not do that you know um but yep. you said about the traditional archery community um you said like have you if anybody's ever been to etar or a traditional archery shoot like that it's 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 great i mean everybody's friendly everybody wants to bullshit with you you know once last time you went to uh attack and they handed you a thousand dollar bow said okay go out, walk out of sight and play a couple errors with tell me what you think it, that kind of doesn't happen in other you know other industries or other other disciplines um but it's it's commonplace in uh, the traditional archery community and it's great and it's, I had to keep saying that, but it, it really is. I mean, I mean it's, it's very, it's unique good to talk it up and I, them guys definitely appreciate all the love. I, I want to talk about, give me one of your, your kills. Um, uh, you know, you said you've killed five, uh, did you say deer or five bucks with, uh, with your trad equipment? Uh, five. So the first two were does and the last three were, were definitely bucks. So, okay. So take me down the road of, um, I don't care if it was the buck or the does. 
Um, take me down the road of one of those hunts, man. Give me, give me something exciting. Cause, um, once I start talking deer hunting, man, I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, I just, I get all excited. Um, what goes my first buck? Cause that was a first buck with the recruits. That was a good one. Um, my, my best friend from, from when I was growing up, we still hunt together, we fish together. Um, we hunt the same little parcel in Westmoreland County and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, so we were, uh, archery season, all oh, hunting season, fishing season, we're constantly texting each other pictures or, or whatever was going on, updates. And um, I'm walking into my, my ladder stand. Um, and I, I walk this pipeline up in and uh, I crest over the hill. It's it's morning. It's you know it's a morning hunt, so it's it's still dark. And my headlamp, <laughs> I crest the hill and I see eyes everywhere. Like every deer that was in that little parcel of woods was in that pipeline. 50 yards away and i had to walk another 75 to get to my tree stand and like i blew them all out of there i'm like oh well it is what it is so i get my tree stand and i'm sitting there daylight you know it starts getting light it was about 7 30 8 o'clock and i text my buddy justin's like i spooked every single deer out of this valley like <laughs> i'm not gonna see shit today like <laughs> like i'm just like i'm just up here playing on my phone because i'm not gonna see a single deer I hit send, I put the phone back in my pocket, I look my left, and here comes this eight point, nice eight point, the, one of the ones we knew were in there. He came walking in. He, uh, <laughs> like, holy shit, where'd he come from? Why is he there? I spent him this morning. What? <laughs> you should know I'm here. Uh, so he, he came from my left, and he hit this trail, and then I walked right in front of my stand, and he got, like, to my, you know, maybe 11 o'clock or so, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and he did a loop. And he started making a scrape right around seven yards away. And he he had no clue I was there. I'm in a double ladder stand, you know, hanging out way far away from the tree. I should have been picked off. Like, it was early October, uh, early in the season. You know, I, I was just kind of going to woods just to be out in the woods. I really wasn't anticipating to shoot anything. I just kind of just want to sit in a tree. Um, <laughs> and here he comes, seven yards away, stops. You know, looked up, not at me, but, you know, I, I was definitely on his periphery and um, paid no mind, put his nose down, picked his head up again and started making a scrape. And then he gave me a good quarter and away shot. Uh, it's, you know, steep angle because he was close and he took off. Um, <laughs> he took off out of sight. I sit down, I'm like, what the hell just happened? But I put my phone back out. Hey, Justin, I just shot that nice eight point. <laughs> like, it was only like two minutes laughs between i'm not gonna see anything and i just killed one <laughs> and uh and honestly right. we've done that a couple times before the, he killed a buck last year and the exact same thing happened he, he said like uh there's nothing in these woods and then you know exclamation point holy shit i just killed a nice one <laughs> it's like two minutes three <laughs> minutes later um but anyways back to that buck I, you know i i shot it and i didn't get a full pass through i mean i was it was a steep angle so like high, I didn't spine them, just underneath the spine. And I cut the back of one long, the other long, and I cut a little bit of liver too. Um, but I didn't poke out the bottom. So I knew I was going to have a, a pretty poor blood trail. And so I, no wait about an hour or so, I text him. He's on his way out. And I, I'm walking down the, 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 the lane that he, the deer went, and I, I'm not seeing any blood. I'm like, this isn't good. And so I, uh, he comes out. I climb back on the tree stand. 
and I'm directing him. I said, that's like, that's the last spot where I saw him. He goes, yeah, there's blood right here. <laughs> like, yeah, I put him right on a spot and there's, there's a couple little drops of blood right where we're standing. So we picked the trail up from there and it was, it was tough sledding for you know, another 50 yards. And it was really, really thick woods we're in real thick, low brushy stuff. A lot of dead cherry trees, you know, standing cherry trees, but it's just a lot of underbrush. And, um, we poke through it and, uh, kind of ends in a, it opens up into another pipeline. And so that deer either had to run out in the open across the pipeline or make a hard 90, go left or right and kind of parallel it. And like, like a lot of the trails do parallel it. They'll come, you know, they'll come right to the, the pipeline and they'll parallel it for a while until they find a place they want to cross. And um, so we're going left and right, looking for some blood and he starts walking down this path and he turns around, comes back right away. And uh, I'm like, well, I think he had to go down that way. And then I get maybe 10 yards past where he turned around and I saw him laying there. He was just, he died on his feet. It was just, uh, he was just right there. So that was a fun one. It's always fun to have, find one yeah. with your buddy, you know, you know, having that, sharing that, that first, you know, first trad buck kill for me, finding them with, with a friend, you know, just, you know, we spent all season text each other, you know, this is what's in the woods. This is what's here, and, and uh, I just love being able to share that with them. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Yep, I know exactly That's what you're talking about. I love doing yeah. the same thing, and especially like I know what he did. You know, he seen the deer and wanted you to find it because I I do the same thing. And uh, <laughs> I, he swears he didn't the, find the it. The other and thing, I, to, you... this day, to this day, I jag him about like you. <laughs> it's just his brother was up from Virginia just a couple weeks ago, and I was busting his balls like. Your brother, he, he found this deer. He, he claims he hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Treat me like a five-year-old. Yep. Walk a little further down the path yep. and see what you see. <laughs> yep. So I, I don't know. That's, I can't, that's he's the always stonewalling me. I can't tell if he's telling the truth or not. <laughs> that's the beauty of being able to hunt together like that yeah. and, and being able to share moments like that. And like you said, when you found them, like, uh, I just call it running dead. You know, when, yeah. they're, when they just, they're running dead. They're, they're dead. They, they just don't know it yet. You know, yep. and um, yeah, man, that's that's a that's a great story. Did you uh, did you end up mounting that deer? Did you European? Did you do anything yeah, different or, or weird with it? No, I did the European mount. Nice. I don't I don't really mount yeah. anymore deer. Um, I have two of my own that are mounted. The rifle kills from from a while ago. Uh, the rest, the the bucks I shoot, they're two and a half maybe that one i killed this year was a three and a half year old buck the one i killed two years ago he was definitely three and a half he was a nice eight point maybe i don't really measure him um if i had to take a guess he's probably like 115 120 ish um so he was a nice one that maybe could have been mountable in a lot of people's eyes but like i'm not in it for the for the numbers um it's i'm in it for the the hunt you know i if uh if the hunt plays out and it's memorable and it's fun and it could be a smaller buck and I really don't care. It's the experience that makes, makes it worthwhile to me and the, and the, the antlers. Um, but I mean, take it back. Like I do save all my, I do the European mounts. I don't know if you can see the one behind me right there. That's the one from this past year. Like I do, I do like to have them on the wall and cherish them because like when I look at that, the European mount or the mount or whatever, it's, I'm looking at a memory. I'm not looking at a nine point or an eight point on the wall. And, uh, yep. 
I was telling my wife this this past summer. It's our cabin. We have you know my two bucks that are mounted. My dad has two. My elk from my first elk, and a couple of my European mounts. And down the hallway, we have we have all of our scrub bucks. You know, we call them the wall hangers and the hall hangers. So all the scrub bucks get hung up in all the hallway. And um, she's like, "There's too many deer heads in here." I'm like. They're not just deer heads. They're, they're memories. I could walk down the hallway and tell you every single tree I was in and what happened that day and how cold it was and raining or not. And, you know, I tell you everything about it. And I said, let's put it this way. You know, every year we get family pictures together. We don't take the picture off the wall and throw the old one away because we got new ones <laughs> hanging up. Like you, you keep those pictures because they're in their memories. Right. I said, the, the, the antlers on the wall, the, the, those are the same for me and yep. so I, I like that analogy i try to use that more often so. yeah it's a good analogy luckily my wife doesn't mind um i just hang up deer antlers all over the freaking place and you know like it like i told you between hunting multiple states um i get lots of opportunities to bring them home and yeah uh yeah, there's there's a there's a couple around here, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I I do. Um, I'm not gonna say that I am an antler hunter. Um, I think it's really hard to find Pennsylvania boys that are actually antler hunters, especially yeah. like I would say that 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 cutoff for what we're talking about is right around like my age. Um, that which would be now like anybody born like I don't know like after like ninety five ninety six. I think that they're more prone to lean towards what the hunting industry is and how the social media aspect of everything has pushed like the, the antler hunting and all that. And and that's great and all, but like, I I, I know, I know guys who have had, you know, multiple nice deer that I would have killed come out in front of them and they're like, Oh, I only hunt big deer. And I'm like, bro, you, you've only shot one buck in your life. Like don't, don't bank everything on just going out and killing yeah. this one good deer. Like get, kill a couple good bucks, get, yeah. you know, get the confidence going and then go out. And if you want to, Hey, I want the big challenge, you know, go ahead and get them. Yeah. I mean, but then it comes, that comes, that kind of comes full circle back to the traditional versus clone pound. Like it's, it's okay to do what you want. It's their tag. It's not my tag. If they want to. True. If they want to eat tags all for five years until they finally shoot that one that they've been looking for for forever. I mean, that's their prerogative. Um, I don't understand it. Like I like eating deer meat. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's shooting. exactly why I think me and you were like, well, what the hell are you doing? Because you know, you just let all them yeah. steaks walk right by you. And now you're eating tag soup. And uh, yeah. you know, three weeks after deer season, you're, you're telling mm. me, ah, there ain't no deer in Pennsylvania or, yeah. you know, I'm, I, well, you had your shot. You know, I, yeah. I always like to say that if you put the time in, you, every season you're going to get that one close encounter. You're going to get that at least that one shot. And if yep. you don't, you were not in the right spot. Because I, yeah. I can tell you, I have personally never had a season where I couldn't have at least flung an arrow. I mean, it might have been, you know, kind of like, eh, you know. And if he shot, you know, 35, I'm not really like an out past 35 guy in the woods. Like I'm like a 30 max in the woods. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could have, I probably could have shot, but like you said, I've wounded deer and I won't, you know, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm not fully 100% confident that that shot is going to go down. Yeah. So I, I like to tell guys, just put your time in, 
It's going to happen. You know, like you were saying, you were texting your buddy, you and, you know, we're texting and, hey, uh, it's a crappy day or all that. And, and it happened, you know, because yeah. we always, my dad and, and my brother would always say, you know, just hang in there. You know, it only takes one minute, right? Well, it, it happened it because I so. I stayed in the stand. You know, I could have blew all those deer out and yeah. said, well, hell, I'm not going to hunt here today because every deer that's going to walk past me is, you know, now, you know, off the property. But, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to yeah. I was like, well, this is my day to hunt, so I'm going to hunt. And uh, and it worked out. Yep. You know? and, but that's that's the great thing about it, because you never know what's going to walk by. The rut is, you just never know. That's that's the great part about yeah. it. Well, you, you just never know. You, you can't <laughs> kill them from the couch, right? You can't. You absolutely can't. Um, no, no. You can't kill them staring out the window just because there's yeah. a little bit of drizzle of rain or it's cold or whatever. You know, you got to be out there and you got to be willing to do it. And the guys that are are the guys that are successful year in and year out. And the guys that uh, want to go out and drink themselves to death Friday night and they sleep in and then they're mad at themselves and their buddy shoots a hammer that day. And, <laughs> you know, you, you got to what do you want? You, yep. You're going to make it happen or not. Yep, exactly. And then, you know, especially with having kids that are that are hunting now or having to compete the time with their their sports or baseball and stuff a lot of the times i only get to hunt are poor hunting days you know for me like I, i'm not going to drag my kid out in the rain um unless they want to i mean but most likely they're not going to want to so like those are the days that are for me really or if i can sneak out after work or something like that a quick a quick hunt um but now i have to cherry pick the Terry picked the prime weather days, the prime off days for my boys. Cause it's, for me, it's, it's important them to have those, those encounters like that, you know, that, that one encounter you have. And like, sometimes hunting with a kid, it's hard to get that one encounter. Um, you know, it's, you know, for, for us, that one encounter that, or those encounters can be multiple. Um, but for having a kid trying to get them set up with the crossbow or the rifle, having the shooting sticks for, you know, having a good solid rest or whatever, like we could be flinging lead or arrows <laughs> 10 times, but having that kid, yep. having my boys um, have a nice solid shot, you know, takes some time and effort and coordination and, you know, those opportunities are, are fewer and far between than, um, than we'd be comfortable taking that shot. And uh, luckily yep. my boys have the patience, uh, especially my oldest, he, he's got the patience for it. And, and he doesn't get bummed out. Like we've had plenty of deer, like almost get ready to pull the trigger and uh, they take off and he loses in the scope or something like that. And he misses the opportunity and he's not down on himself and he'll just sit there and wait for the next one. It's, it's, it's actually kind of impressive to see a young kid like swallow that, that defeat, you know, that down and just, you know, take it and then get ready for the next one. Cause I know a lot of adults wouldn't be able to handle that. Um, yeah, you're right about that. taking a poor shot or, you know, or rushing things and stuff like that. So it's, it's neat seeing that, that progress, that, that development in uh, a young kid. Yeah. Well, everybody has a different character. You know, all people are different, you know, whether it's a kid or, or uh, an adult. But, you know, I mean, I think that that leans towards what his teacher has showed him and what, you know, he was taught because, you know, my dad taught me this. He said that 
froze up again, Marcus. I'll say that gene or that, you know, that, that patience, because I can wait and sit, I could sit on my ass all day in a tree stand. And yeah. sometimes even my dad will, will, will call me or text me and be like, are you still in the woods? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I have the time. Like I'm here. I'm not, I'm not going to leave. He's like, oh, you, you know, you're nuts or whatever, but you know, he's always, you know, he's always like, well, good for you. You know, that's, that's, that's yeah. one of the hardest things to do. But like you said, I, I, he wants to be there. That's all it is. You know, you really have to want to be there to sit, sit like that and, and then be able to go through, uh, you know, not being able to shoot a deer because of this or that. So, yeah. um, it, good, good, man. That's, that's good to hear. But I do want to transition over to some fly fishing. So okay. I, I, I know that you have a passion of fly fishing. Um, I don't care if it's fly fishing. I don't care if it's spin fishing, right? I don't care if you get a damn piece of bamboo and put a line on it, right? Um, you like to be on the stream. So that's, I just want you to, to yeah, yeah I, I want you to touch on that, man. Tell me, tell me, you know, some thoughts you have about fishing. Like, uh, you, do you prefer fishing for a wild trout, you know, a native trout? Do you like fishing stock waters? And um, I just want to kind of fill you out on how you feel about uh, the Pennsylvania waterways. Yeah. Um, so I, I do a lot of spin. When I was younger, I did more, way more spin fishing. Um, when I was in the Navy, it was all pier fishing, which was, that's a whole salt water off the pier. That's a whole right. bag of worms there. And that's a lot of fun. Um, nothing yeah. like fly fishing, but I enjoy that, you know, maybe a close second to fly fishing. Um, but yeah, my, if I had a choice between a farm pond and a trout stream, I'm definitely taking my fly rod to the trout stream. Um, Poor that sure. started young too. I remember, um, my, the, my buddy Justin was talking about with the, the, the deer there, the last story, uh, we were in boy scouts together and our, we weren't the model boy scouts <laughs> and, uh, we were at this <laughs> camp and our dads uh, weren't the model scout leaders they weren't scout leaders they were there to chaperone us uh they kind of let us do what we wanted to and we just wanted to fish all weekend we were you know on laurel highlands there's a lot of great trout streams up there so we took our fly rods and they just let us fish instead of joining the other <laughs> other activities we were supposed to be doing to earn merit badges or whatever the hell that happens in boy scouts i couldn't tell you because we were only there for the pinewood derby and they're fishing when we weren't supposed to be uh <laughs> so that's kind of where it started uh you know, there for me, young is, you know, young, I think is, you know, 12, 13 years old, well, maybe younger than that, 10, um, with a fly rod. And it's, you know, I'm, I'll, uh, I'll say I'm not an expert that either. It's just putting the time in on it. It's just, you, you can't substitute experience you know, or time, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, I just enjoy where trout will take you. That makes sense. Like the, especially yep. the wild trout, like the brookie streams, they're just some of the most beautiful places uh, in Pennsylvania, especially or anywhere that I think you could fish. Like it's, it's harder fishing. I mean, it, it's because it's maybe hard to get to, or you, the access is limited or the fish are small. Um, like you're not keeping them for the most part anyways. I, I don't know anybody that really fishes for wild brookies and keeps them. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's um it's definitely a much different approach to fishing than, than the spin casting and um 
and same with um, fishing for stock trout and it's a different mentality I think um, as far as you know you're, you know you're catching a, a stock trout I mean if they hold over for a while they, they start acting more natural but I mean but who doesn't like to catch fish it's fun you know it doesn't matter if it's stock or if right. it's a wild one but it's it's just fun to say catch one uh, and and yeah we were out last weekend for the youth day um, and it's fun to watch people catch or to help teach people how to catch fish and and uh, you know I didn't think I was capable of doing that in, until I was trying to teach my boys how to fly fish and then seeing them you know pick it up and then and and actually be kind of successful at it is pretty rewarding you know it's it's fun to yeah. watch and it's rewarding to see and okay you caught a fish <laughs> let me in the hole now too <laughs> right <laughs> let me show you how it's done. <laughs> i'll catch you yeah. real quick okay you're back in there uh yeah i i agree with but, um, you totally i i i love the stock trout i yeah, think it, that um i I'm, I'm i'm fully supportive of it because of the aspects that you just talked about the being able to go out and fish a stream especially after fresh stalking or like you know one or two weeks in you know they mm -hmm. They are, you're usually very successful and you could be successful with dang near anything, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's spinners, artificial lures, live bait, you know, wax worms, worms, uh, mealworms, whatever, whatever you're using, but it just gives better opportunity for a lot of people. And I mean, I think that the only thing that I am against when it comes to that stuff is, uh, sometimes they like to stalk over wild trout populations, yeah, which is I'm not, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't really. Yeah, I, a, I but I'm not I'm not a biologist, so there's there's a stream by my cabin and it's got it's a wild rookie stream and um like we finished the day out, the youth day, my my oldest son he caught two nice, you know, five, six inch rookie trout out of this one hole. Um but you know you know they stocked it with rainbows, you know, the two weeks prior because that's one of the easy stocking holes for the truck to get to. It's like and they do listen to stocked water too. It's like I don't, I don't understand that. Like I, like I said, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a fish biologist by any means. But it just seems like the extra competition for the resources, for the food, for the the places to, you know, to be in the bottom of the stream, they're being pushed out, or they're being prey, or they're not getting the feed that they possibly could. I mean. Most likely, the, the ones that get stalked in there, those, those rainbows are going to get, you know, caught and thumped next weekend, anyways, for the opening weekend of trout. But it just seems like unnecessary competition where they could put those trout in other streams. Um, like I said, but I I'm, I'm nowhere near a professional or or biologist to understand how they would interact. Um, I, I will touch it. on something for you real quick I, that I do know for a fact is so when you do see where they will stalk uh, browns into a wild brook trout or a native brook trout population, um, they the, the brook trout are trying to reproduce. And what will happen is those browns will come and kick them out of their spots where their eggs are at. And they'll yeah. they'll they'll take them. They'll they'll use them. And then not only that, you know, the brown trout will eat smaller brook trout. I mean, all trout will eat each other, yeah, but why wouldn't they? your 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 yeah. brown trout are oh yeah they're 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 they'll they'll 
they'll feed on them brook trout. They're excited too. So, right. um, yeah, that's why that's why I don't really understand. But I mean, typically the the wild rookie trout trout streams are they're very small bodies of water. It's usually like you know, might have a couple little pockets here and there that can hold a trout or two um, in between. You know, lower fast moving water to rise. It just seems like if you're introducing another predator into a, a space with limited resources. Yeah. Um, you know, but as far as fishing stock trout in Pennsylvania, like we just have to, I mean, there's, there's too many fishermen. There's too, there's plenty of streams, but there's too few streams for the amount of fishermen that want to catch the trout to keep the trout and eat them. Um, so it's it, like, you just have to be comfortable catching stock trout. Like there's, it is what it is. And like I said, it, it's fun catching fish. So I don't really understand why people have a whole problem with that because you go in the summer anyways, and most of those stock trout are, are either, you know, pulled out by other fishermen or they're, they're, uh, prey to the eagles or the otters or wherever you're at. I mean, they're not many of them survive till next season. So, yeah, I would yeah, like that's, to see the, that the is... fish commission do more fall stocking. That, that would be, that would be interesting to see how, how they survive through the winter. Uh, it seems like most fishermen for trout that are fishing, you know, the, the fall and the winter and the early spring, those are the, typically the catch and release people anyway. So, I mean, there is a mortality rate for catch and release. Let's not pretend there isn't. Um, right, for sure. But it seems like it, you would still have a lot more uh, fish in the water long-term if you spread some of that stocking out to the fall as well. Yeah. I I don't really like when I, – I'm a catch-and-release guy. But yeah. I don't really like when the catch and release guys get on the guys that keep the stock trout because, yeah. I, I mean, the mortality rate is so high that yeah. them keeping them, I, I just, you know, good for them. I, I don't, I, I'm going to go out and fish the wild trout population, native trout population anyway. So, you know, good yeah. on them. I, I don't want to keep them, but at the same time, if you want, mm -hmm. Good for you. That that that's wonderful. Good. I mean, take Let's them home, see. eat them, yeah. flay them up. You know, cut them in half. Yeah. However the heck you're gonna, you know, make trout sushi for all I care. You know, I, I I'll yeah. eat trout, but, um, you know, I I just I, I don't understand why. You know, there's there there we are going and talking to you know talking about why the sportsmen are at each other's neck for whatever reason, and we we need to be un, on a united front at all times. But, yeah, I mean, um, but your license, you're buying the same license as every other angler in Pennsylvania and it says you're allowed to keep a handful of trout per day. And, um, if they're not taking more than their quota or, or fish that are too small, then good on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I well, like it used to, to be eight. Whole, yeah. Uh, what is it now? Six, five. Uh, I think it's five. Yeah. Nine. It used yeah. to, it used to be eight. I remember when we were growing up, it was eight. And then, yeah. um, because, uh, we would put them on them metal stringers, you know, and then yep. they changed, uh, they changed it. And then the metal stringers, <laughs> now they have five, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you see, every once in a while, like I'll clean something out and I'll find one of them old stringers and I'll be like, mm -hmm. dang, man, I remember them, them days or yeah. whatever, but I just put a thing on Instagram. Uh, I found some old pictures from, from camp when I was a kid. It was a real, I put Instagram, like that was one of the pictures was that this old aluminum metal, uh, 
<laughs> or oh, those, yeah. they must be galvanized. Yeah. It's a galvanized, you know, uh, right stringer with the, the eight clips mm -hmm. on it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, we're young guys, but I guess we're showing some age now. I don't know. Yeah, um, I got a little gray. But, but yeah, <laughs> I'm a little back, back, back to fly fishing, man. I, it's it, like you said, I, it's one of those things that you got to, you know, you got to want to fly fish because like I will break out the fly rod and then if I get fed up, like the spinning rods coming out or the minnow rig yeah. or, you know, like running a minnow rig on. A fly rod is always an option too, but uh, to each is their own is what I want to say by by getting at that because sometimes I just want to catch some freaking fish, man, and yeah. they're just not hitting the flies or the streamers. Well, and, and... see, I've had the quite the opposite experience because I catch way more fish on a fly rod than I do a spinner, and mm. like uh, just the anecdotal evidence here is uh, a couple years ago uh, it was cold. It was really cold opening day and I had my middle son with me and he lasted 45 minutes and mm -hmm. I ran him back to camp and he stayed at camp with my, with my dad and my friend and I were, were fishing the same hole, but I didn't have my fly set up. I had Wyatt's spinning rod with mealworms, maggots and, and power bait and uh, probably something else, uh, probably uh, salmon eggs. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I caught a couple and then the bike yeah. turned off and my buddy Justin is just, he's just using a nymph and he's just cleaning the house. He's pulling one off every so often, every couple of casts, putting them back. I mean, he caught the same trout, I know at least twice. Um, and he had a, like a snub nose. You can tell he was, he was very identifiable. Like he had uh, some marks on him and a, a, a screwed up nose. Like he definitely caught that trout twice out of the same hole in a couple hours. Twice. And here I am, I caught That's two awesome. in four hours and he probably caught 12 you know it's like that's why i lean more to the fly fishing because like once you key on you know how to fish a nymph how to get that mm -hmm. rig set yep. up where it's you know off the bottom right right in their nose like the fish the trout feed like all day long uh especially yeah. nymphs. like you know if you get that the right size yeah. the right pattern the right color right depth then you can be successful all day long um yeah my for sure using for sure i i i it seems like the, the bite turns off after they get they see, used to seeing so many maggots flying down past in the stream. They, I don't know if they turn off on that or they, or what, but I don't know. I just have way more better luck with the fly. That's probably why I gravitate. Yeah. Them. I think that if, if I was a better fly fisherman, because I'm by no means, am I a good fly fisherman? Cause I'm, I'm still learning. Yep. Um, and I, and I picked up Always the fly learning. rod not too long ago. <laughs> you never done right learning. right and <laughs> right right yeah you're right you're right yeah, i agree 100 percent. Yeah. and i and, and if we were done learning then you would probably not do it i mean you would just not do it you wouldn't have a challenge anymore and it wouldn't be any fun so uh i i, I picked it up not too too long ago a couple of years ago and um i am working my techniques and working towards understanding some stuff you know i i am a little bit further ahead because i did have good teachers teach me you know yeah. the hatches and what's in the stream and stuff like that but um, my family has a long history of using stonefly nymphs. And, uh, for those of you who aren't using a stonefly nymph, if you want to use live bait, you need to use a stonefly nymph because, um, <laughs> I would tell you how to get them, but I'll let you guys figure that out on your own and, um, good, good luck. And they're, but they're out there and there's some other things that you're going to get when you're getting the stonefly nymphs that you can also use 
and they work very well also. So, yeah. um, I, uh, I, I really love fishing, man. I, I think Pennsylvania does a great job and that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know that you did touch on some things that you wanted to see differently. I, I, I I want to ask you, is there anything that you do want to see the Fish Commission do differently? And then also on the back end spectrum is that, of that, I want you to touch on anything that you think that they do very well. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just harassing them last week about the youth trout weekend. Um, <laughs> you know, I I called the executive director, you know, left a message. And they, they returned my call this Monday and said, yeah, thank you for your input. They're going to take it to the next meeting, which is April 18th. Yeah, good deal. Um you know, Mike and I, they they put a, fo- uh, a post out on Instagram, and I may have cooked there without. With uh, I think they should open it up for all weekend. Like it's right now, Youth Day is just Saturday. Um, yeah. And, you know, I I fish um, Bedford and in, in Somerset County. That's where my cabin's at. And uh, you know, this is the second year in a row where. Like this year, the the streams low were unfishable just because all the rain we got. Last year, it was snowing, freezing. Like, you know, if you know, and my my boys did fish the last year for a while, and my oldest he he talked and we fished all day. I mean, but if you want, if you truly want to have kids to have an exposure to fishing and and like have that part, have that be a part of who they are and what they want to do. Why are we not giving them every opportunity that we can? And like, right. why is it just one day on Saturday? And then typically Saturday in spring is sports. <laughs> you know, even right. like, even though it's still March, um, you know, baseball practices are happening, soccer's kicking up, uh, basketball leagues yep. are, are winding down, but Saturdays are the sports days for our kids. And so like now as a parent, I'm stuck between you know, either have my kid not go out into the woods or the streams to have them play sports or I'm pulling them out of their sports and like disappointing their team, which is, you know, a a big part of it. Like we tell our our kids that like, when you sign up to be on a team, it's a responsibility. It's a responsibility to your coach, to your other teammates. So like, you don't want to let them down. Um, So we aren't, we, we, we're not going to, skip all your games and practices so we can get fishing every weekend. But, you know, I do make plenty of time for them to hit the stream. But, like, why are we, why is the Fish Commission, and as a parent, like, you know, narrowing us down to one day when it could just be the whole weekend? Um, yeah, that's you know, a great point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, a week would be awesome, but um, I don't beggars, you know, I don't <laughs> be too greedy. I mean, I, I would just love for an extra day. This Sunday was absolutely yeah. beautiful here. Um, the streams came down to a fishable level here. And, and I know like the southern half of Pennsylvania got hit hard with rain. And Sunday, it was fishable um, in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, like why are we not? Is it the, the kids are already limited to two fish per day anyways on those youth days? Um, is it the number of fish we're pulling out of the streams? If that's the case, make a catch and release. Um, if two fish right. is going to break the, the fishery, the, <laughs> the stocked trout fishery, um, then we might need to look deeper into the stock trout fisheries. And then if two fish is going to be the, the breaking point for it, you know, um, but, you know, 
there's there's things that we could do to help the kids get more involved and stay involved and, and grow a genuine interest in it. And, you know, I'm yeah. looking at this weekend coming up. You know, my youngest two didn't fish last weekend. And then, you know, how opening day is um, for trout. I call it combat fishing <laughs> just because it's so crowded and, and, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, you just have to move on and try to find a different spot, but yeah, combat fishing. And I don't, you know, it's nice. I'm not, I'm not knocking the fish commission because the youth program was absolutely fantastic. You know, I wish it was there when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a great program. It just, I just think it could be managed a little more efficiently or effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm total agreeance with you. I think that Pennsylvania shies away from a whole pile of shit that's on Sunday, you know, Sunday hunting, you know, hint, hint, um, (laughs) you know, and some other stuff, you know, now, now we're allowed to gamble and buy beer and do all the other hoopla, but you know, Sunday's the day of rest and all that stuff. And I, and I think that that is where, what you're talking about, I think it's where it's derived from. I really do. But, um, to what you were saying, I do think that there there are things that they do really well, and one of them is now you know the new state opener is statewide, which it it yes. should have always been that way. I don't know why you know I know it had something to do with hey we have more time to stock this part of the state now, and we can get all this part of the state stocked, and now we're going to get this other part of the state stocked, and I, I I can put two and two together, and I understand what was going on there, but you know let's let's hire more people then let's get more you know fish wardens out there. And then yeah. we'll have more people. But also, this is also a call to everybody out there who has the time or who is able to go and help stock these trout because they will take any help that they can get, and they do yeah. need help. So um, don't be the guy that, that follows the truck and then bitches that the truck stopped at the at the bridge and dumped all the fish in, and you just followed them around and wrote down freaking telephone phone <laughs> numbers and <laughs> – yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I've seen it. I have yeah. seen it so many times, and the guys don't even get out of the truck, and they just want to see where, where you know where all the fish are going and stuff. But you know, volunteer. And then on the other side of it, the fish commission should have a float stalker. And if you if you get the right volunteers, and you're going to get guys that are willing to go and float stalk, do it. Yeah, I understand yeah. the fish are going to go downstream and stuff and all that stuff. But the streams that are float stalk, like there's one close to where I live. The guys that come around here to fish this stream they will tell you this is one of the best streams around. So they do a great job with it. They don't really even need, like it's it's one of them places where it has a good wild trout population. I don't even know why they stalk it, but Hey, whatever. It's fun to fish. So um, I think there's a lot that they, they do do well. And uh, is there anything that you, that you are particularly happy with that, that goes on here in PA with that? Well, I guess guess the youth program, I am happy with it. It is a great program. I just think they could do a little more efficient with it. Um, you know, they, I would like to see more stocking as well, like you, like you mentioned, sure. more float stocking. Like the streams that I fish that are float stocked are definitely more consistent with like how the yeah. trout are dispersed in the stream, which makes for a more yep. enjoyable, like I would say, a natural fishing experience. Whereas, you know, the, the trout, the streams where they dump all the trout off the closest bridge, you know, they're all in one hole. They get thumped out the first couple of weekends, and that's it. And then it's another dead stream. Um, so I yep. think there's room for improvement there. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, they, they, they call it off all the extra help they can get for stocking streams during COVID. I don't know if you remember that. Like, they, yeah. they weren't taking yep. any extra Oh, help. yeah. I, um, I remember. Yeah. That. So, you know, and 
they, they could advertise a little better and how and when to meet for fish. I and mean, it is posted on the website, but like, you know, they could they could advertise a little better. Yeah, we're in, we're in the modern age of Facebook and Instagram and all the other hoopla. Like, throw something up on there. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. I agree. I agree. I like that. Yeah. Overall, overall, it's hard um, to complain because there's just so many people vying for limited resources. So it is. It's the reality of living in Pennsylvania, which is a hunting and fishing enriched environment. Mecca. Yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, man, I I I want to flip over to to a lot the one last thing here. You know, you do own um, the Laurel Mountain Outfitter, and yep. I just want you to touch on, you know, what why did you start it, and then also, you know, put yourself out there, man. I want you to advertise what you got going on, and and the cool thing that that you're doing. Okay, thanks. Yeah, that's my uh, that's the hardest part or the most difficult thing for me is the self advertising, self promotion. I I'm not a fan of that. Uh, I I enjoy just being out there and, and hunting, fishing, and and providing right you know opportunity to people as well. Um, yeah, but Laurel Mountain Outfitters, it's a little uh, outfitting business. I, I start on my own. It should be Laurel Mountain Outfitting. You know, uh, uh, I probably should use a different word than outfitters. Uh, <laughs> you know, supplies. Uh, I I'm not taking people out and guided fishing or hunting or nothing like that. It's not yet. It's outfitting. Not yet. You know, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's outfitting as in supplying uh, goods. Um, the hunters and anglers. Um, so here in, in Greensburg and West Lillian County, like the, there aren't any, there's, there's very few outlets, quality outlets for hunting and, and angling gear. Yep. Um, and I just got fed up with not having an, an option, an outlet. So, um, that's one of the reasons why I decided to start this. Like right now it's, I'm all online cause uh, you know, I do work full time at a power plant. Uh, so this is up off the ground. I'm trying to expand it and, uh, hopefully one day open a brick and mortar along with an online service, so like a dual, a dual front, uh, business. But, um, the, my goal for Laurel Mountain Outfitters is to provide as many outlets for locally made high quality sporting goods. Um, so I, you know, I'm trying to reach out to as many local call makers as I can, uh, you know, the, 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 so for archery, the broadheads and stuff that I carry, they're all married in the United States. The local tab makers for, um, you know, for releases. Um, I have some backpacking equipment that's made in, in Washington County that so those guys are make ultralight backpacking gear. They're great, great hilltop packs. They're, uh, they're a fun group of guys and gals, um, maybe gals, um, just the salt of the earth, uh, on point. Adventure Foods, they make dehydrated meals. They're out of Somerset County. Like, this is mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that I use either here hunting, you know, whitetails or fishing or I take out west on my elk hunts. So I, I just try to collect as much uh, stuff that I think is valuable to other people that, that are hunting and fishing kind of the same way I am. But I want to also create an outlet for other small businesses as well. So... Last time I ran the numbers, I think I'm running about 86% uh, United States made equipment um, in my stores. Nice. Yeah, that's, so I, that's awesome. I'm proud of that. Uh, I know I try to support as many 
uh, veteran-owned businesses as, as I can because, you know, I'm a veteran as well, and I think there's value in that. So I have a, a Hawkins Leather out of Ligonier. He's making some prototype uh, flywalls for me right now. Um, Mill Creek Valley Game Calls. He's another local veteran, veteran-owned business. He makes quality turkey calls and uh, deer grinds and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's creating a community as well. You know, it's, I'm tired of the big box store. I'm tired of buying junk. I'm tired of junk being the only option that I have locally here in Greensburg, Westmoreland County. And so, uh, yeah, I want to uh, try to support local, local businesses and as much as I can. And uh, yeah, I'm proud that you're on the right. So yeah, like it's, you're, it's, you're it's on fun. the right it's, path. Yeah, you know, I'm slowly growing it. You're, so like I, my inventory is, it's broad, but it's, you know, it's not very diverse right now. And, you know, every sale I get, the money gets right back into trying to expand the inventory, trying to find more product that's, that's out there. So it's a, it's, it's a, been a fun process so far meeting and talking to people. Um, you know, it's made a lot of great people so far, just people that are very in, in tune or excited about their products and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's been a great process. So. Yeah. I'm, so I'm glad, to, I'm this. really glad to hear that you're enjoying, you know, having the business and all that stuff. And I, uh, I, I commend you on going the route of doing a lot of us made stuff because, yep. you know, I'm not saying that the shit that's coming in off the boat is junk because there are some good things that are imported, you know, oh, yeah. but um, exactly. So like, I'm not going to, for the most part, because they're not made in the United States. Like I saw a gold tip arrows. I mean, they're made in Mexico, but it's a, it's a quality shaft. Mm -hmm. Like I've been shooting gold tips for, for a long time. Um, I carry Reddington fly fishing equipment. I mean, some of that stuff's made in Korea, some stuff's made in China, but they have a good reputation there. They make a good product for the price point. Um, so I'm not going to shun things because they're not solely made in the United States, but, but my focus is, to, is to, um, not carry as much big brand equipment, um, carry as much of the small businesses like the Mill Creek Valley game calls, the Hollerback game calls, the, you know, the on point adventure foods, like that's the kind of stuff that I want to have in my store, you know? Because it's important. I mean, it's the, the small business yeah. is what made America, and it's what's going to keep America afloat. In my, I mean, my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, and plus, you know, entrepreneur entrepreneur <laughs> people are built different. I, they they are. It doesn't I I know entrepreneurs. I know entrepreneurs, right? And your entrepreneurs are your guys that start businesses. Your entrepreneurs, you need them to. You know, those are the guys that are going to start from the bottom in a company, and they're going to work their way up through. And uh, you know, yep. BVP or, or or whatever that that comes with that. So you need both breeds of people. But I think that the entrepreneurs, those are your people that are restless, right? They 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 want to yep. make a change too. You know, they they don't. It's not so much that they won't follow, but they they probably like to lead, uh, which is good mm -hmm. because you can, you know, you can make a change, and that's exactly what they're. I feel like they're trying to do, uh, you know, in entrepreneurships and. That I think that that speaks volumes to the kind of people that that they are, and, and then like what you're doing, or and the guys that you're having, uh, you know, make products and stuff for you. It it 
it speaks a lot. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like you said, it's not just this big business that uh, is going to come in and, hey, you know, you have to set this up this way and it has to be facing this way and you need this big stand and, and all this other stuff where, you know, the guys can come in. And that's a product you can stand behind, right? You believe yeah, exactly. in that product and you want to sell it. Yep. I mean, the um, the flies I've been, I'm selling are the same flies I was using last weekend. I mean, they're they're high quality tied flies. And I have half are made in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and half are tied down in Tennessee. Um, guys that just they tie excellent quality flies. I mean, you can buy cheap eBay flies, you know. Uh, for half the cost of what I'm selling my flies for, but um, but they're not made of the same quality. You're not keeping, um, you know, Zach and his wife afloat in in Latrobe. Like it's you're 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 contributing to a flat shop in Sri Lanka, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if you if you look at the big picture of things, that's that's honestly what's happening. That it might not be a sweatshop, but you're you, you're you're progressing, you know, lower wages and promoting lower wages in poor working conditions overseas compared to helping a young family in Latrobe uh, put food on the table for their baby girl. And, yep. and they make yep. ties, fantastic flies. And they, they're just, the quality is, is exceptional. Um, but the, the, I'm not going to say it's a downside, but the, the flip side of that is the products cost more, but that's the true cost of a product um, with the, you know, a, a wage or a profit margin that can support support uh, a manufacturer or the industry. That's that's just the, that's the, the truth of the matter. <clears throat> yep, yep. That's just the way it is. Uh, and if you want quality, then you're going to have to pay for it. And I think most people, you know, if they if you know, because there is that budget where you're either. Yeah. You either don't have the money and you're going to stay in that budget realm because like you just don't have the money. And I understand that side yeah, of it too. Exactly. That's or there's fine. that like, realm where like if you, you just want to be cheap, right? And yeah, you're not, you're not right. You're not going, you're not buying what you really should. Yeah. And exactly. you, you, you should be buying this because you, you have the money, right? Those products are at that price point for reasons like that's, and that's not to be, the derogatory or, or, or towards people that can't afford that. That's, that's not the route I'm going. I, I, I have a box of eBay flies. You know, that's, that's just, I bought a, a ton of them and that I've been using for years. And guess what? Like now that my kids are fly fishing and they're going to be losing a ton of flies, <laughs> that's the flies they're going to be losing, right? <laughs> they, they have their purpose that like that, those products do have their purpose in the market. And, um, but that's not the market that I am trying to promote uh, or want to succeed, see succeed or, or, or be pushed down by the, the, the cheaper quality, cheaper price market. So that's why I'm yeah. promoting the products and the companies and the people that I am promoting. Um, yeah. that's, that's the importance of it to me. It's, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very excited for you. Um, on the journey that, that you've picked and the path that you're on. And I think that you will be successful because I think you're targeting the right people and the right crowd. And, you. Uh, you know, that that that's going to work out for you and it's going to make you happy and it's going to bring you a lot of value because I know the way that you, you are just from talking to you and 
you, you want to help people and see people do well. So they're going to come to you after they see that uh, you, you kind of know what you're talking about, right? And you're going to stand behind this product. They're going to believe you and, and they'll, they'll come buy yeah. stuff from you for sure. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to start uh, turning, turning this, this show uh, into coming to an end here. Um, okay. I, before we go though, I want you to touch on where everybody can find you at. Right. And then how to contact you if they want to look at, at some stuff that you have for sale and just, just go ahead and advertise yourself, man. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, just, uh, Laurel mountain outfitters. Uh, I think my Instagram has, uh, underscores between Laurel mountain outfitter. Um, there, uh, the website is just laurelmountainoutfitters.com. Uh, if you just want to bullshit with me, you can DM me on Instagram. That's where I do most of my, my talking, uh, or the, the website has a contact me page. Uh, you can sign up for, I do send out some, you know, promotions and stuff like that every once in a while. So if you want to sign up on that, contact us, uh, link on it's, it's, it's on the front page of the website. You can't miss it. Um, that is beneficial nice. to, uh, to me as well. It just, cause it, you know, it, it creates that, that community as well. I mean, like it's, uh, you know, like that's the whole, that's the whole idea of it, is to create a community of people of, with shared values and, um, you know, taking the time to sign up for my website, the contact information, it, it, it keeps us connected. I could send out some information. I could oh, I send out the link to this discussion we're having tonight. Like that's what's going to happen. I have another podcast tomorrow. Awesome. Doing. Um, Good deal. Good with, deal. With Frostburg University here next week. So like I'll, I'll, I'll send that out through the email just so everybody can read the, with, uh, what Frostburg's doing. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole point of having the email, um, part of that is, uh, to share information and, and keep in contact. But, but as far as yeah. the, the, the day-to-day -day fun stuff, um, that I post Instagram, uh, that gets shared to Facebook, but Instagram is my go-to. Yeah. 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 I think that you'll have people reach, reach out for you for sure. And, um, you know, I, I wish you lots of luck on your journey and uh, I'll be happy to support everything that you're doing. And I, I just think it's it's great, man. And, and I want to thank you again for raising up your kids the way that you are in the outdoors. You know, they're yeah, they're you. the next line. They're the next generation. And and uh, I think you're doing a great job, man. Great guy. I really appreciate you coming through. I enjoy the conversation a lot. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for being patient with all of this. Uh, oh, no, all this crazy technical fine. hoopla that happened. But um <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed the conversation, and, and hopefully we can bring you through later in the year and uh, check on you, maybe see how your whitetail season went or uh, how fishing season was for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you, brother, and have a great night. You too. Faithful listeners, you have finished another podcast with the Keystone Chronicles. Thank you guys for all the support. Really appreciate the love. As I do at the end of every episode, please head over, subscribe, rate, and comment. That really, really, really helps the show. Ryan was a great guest. Really would be pleased for you guys to go over to Laurel Mountain Outfitters. Check out what he's got. Hopefully you buy some USA-made products. Love that shit, man. Here we go. We'll see you guys next week.